Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Yeah. 
How's everyone doing this morning? I hope you guys are having a great week so far, and we're looking forward to the weekend. Um, real quick, this Saturday, we have Heart for the House, and we are going to be at our summers, our former Summers Point location. Uh, we've got some things we need to clear out, make sure the building is cleaned out um, in preparation for some stuff, and uh, we definitely just want to we want to love on the houses, on the buildings, on the places uh, that we have been able to use to worship our Lord and uh, and just touch on that. So if you have the time, uh, if you have the capability to come on out this Saturday at eight in the morning uh, at our former Summers Point location, uh, if you don't know the address, we'll, uh, we'll get you the address. Please get in touch with myself or somebody else, um, and we'll definitely get you the address to that location. Um, but eight in the morning, we're really looking forward to that. But uh, without further ado, let's jump into soap this morning. Let's see what God has for us. We are in Exodus 33, um, and we got a lot to unpack here. Uh, definitely after uh, just a recap was in Exodus 32 was the golden calf story, of course, um, and really kind of looking at, uh, man, just the, the, the quick ability for people to just lose focus and be so forgetful so quick um, of all that God has done in their lives and seeing how they can just turn uh, into that. And really kind of, and that's really going to set up a little bit of what we're going to look at here in Exodus 33. But let's pray and let's dive into what God has for us. Lord, we just thank you right now. We thank you for all that uh, you are doing in our hearts and our lives. Um, uh, Lord, as we gather together right here, um, or we listen to this later on, Lord, I just pray that you be with us uh, in our hearts and our minds uh, as we hear your word, uh, as we learn from your word. Lord, may this um, message be yours and not my own. I surrender myself to you right now. Um, teach us, teach myself, uh, teach all of us so that we can go forth and do your will uh, and bring you praise and bring you glory because you are worthy. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. All right, everyone, let's dive into what is going on here in Exodus 33. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Um, verse one, the Lord said to Moses, get going, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt. Go up to the land I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them, I will give this land to your descendants, and I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, 
perizozoites, um, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. When the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and stopped wearing their jewelry and fine clothes. For the Lord had told Moses to tell them, you are stubborn and rebellious people. If I were to travel with you for even a moment, I would destroy you. Remove your jewelry and fine clothes while I decide what to do with you. So from the time they left Mount Sinai, the Israelites wore no jewelry or fine clothes. It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who uh, wanted to make a request to the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrance of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remind would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Verse 12. One day Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you and I know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion, compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, look. Stand near me on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind. 
but my face will not be seen. The word of the Lord. So get a good stretch in, get another sip of that coffee. You know, there, I think there's many things in this chapter that really stand out. Um, there's something in here right at the beginning. And I love how the New uh, Living Translation puts it right at the beginning. The Lord said to Moses, get going. Get going. You and your people, you have brought up from the land of Egypt. He's saying, <laughs> you need to go. It's time to move. It's time to get off your butt and to start moving towards what I have promised you the way that I have for you. You need to get going on it. Stop sitting around. Stop talking about it. Stop um, maybe thinking of plans. Just go. Make steps. Get going. Doesn't that sound like a lot of maybe what we need to be doing as well? Maybe some of us in our lives, that's God has called us to something. God has something in our heart. God has something that has been pressing on your mind or your heart to do. Or, um, maybe there's a place you need to go. Maybe there's a business you need to start. Maybe there's something in your home. Maybe it's it's something that just doesn't make sense, but it's in your heart to do it. Yet the fear of the unknown is what's holding you back. And God is saying, get going. Start. Make baby steps. Do something. Because the round around circus of just sitting where you're at, not moving, staying comfortable, it doesn't do us any good. We just start circling the wagons and saying kumbaya, as we like to say, and that's not what God has for us. God has a plan for his people here, and he's saying, get going. Let's go. Let's move. Because you're sitting around, it's not doing anybody any good. We just saw how the people were just so, they're just sitting around. And, and for a short time, 40 days, and in in the concept of, of everything they've gone through and everything going on, it's not a lot of time. Yet they already forgot so quickly about Moses, like this fellow. Like if you look back on the last chapter, um, I'm looking for where it said it. They were just saying, this guy, Moses, where is he? Forget this guy. We need to go. We, we need to make our own gods because who is this guy? He he abandoned us to go up the, on that mountain. Just in chapter 20, which is only days before, they saw the whole cloud of God and everything on top of the mountain. They thunder. They were fearful of the Lord. And yet now, and they knew God like literally was calling him up to the top of the mountain and all the people were fearful and tremble, and they had to put barriers around the mountain so people didn't come close because they were not worthy to step foot on that holy ground. Yet they were so absent-minded and so quick to forget. And they're like, let's make our own God. We're just going to sit around here. They really made... A God of comfort. 
Because let's be honest, if you can make your own God, you're really worshiping yourself and your own likes, dislikes, your own comfort. So if we don't get going, if we don't get moving on whatever God has put in our heart, God has told us what we need to work on. God has told us where we need to go. God has told us what is in our lives, what he has for us on the path. If we don't get going, we're basically worshiping our comfort over him. Lean not on your own understanding, as the Lord says. Just these two words in how the New Living Translation puts it of get going just really stood out. Just really is just like, wow, why are we just stuck in our own roundabout? Go where God has been leading you to go. We see further on, as it goes on, he says, I will send an angel before you. So God's still kind of upset here. God's not really too happy with the people of Israel after the whole golden calf thing. That's not easily forgotten by God, right? We easily forget things very quickly. God's like, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm not, I'm just, I'm going to sense. And this is not the angel of the Lord. When you look at original Hebrew writing of this, this is any old angel. This is just, I, I'm going to send some riffraff angel over there to kind of be with you. This is not even a Christophany. This is not the angel of the Lord to be with you. This is, I just, I'm going to like, hey, Carl, get over here and go lead these people, right? It's just like whatever angel that he's just going to send. It's a downgrade to what the people had been expecting and understanding from what God was doing. It's it, in a way, it's a little bit of a slap in the face to them to wake them up to saying, you know what, you know, this, this isn't, this isn't working out. I think any parents on the call can probably understand like, man, if I'm with you any longer, I'm going to slap you so hard. Like, like when they're, the kids are just out of hand, they're out of sorts, they're going nuts. He's saying, you are stubborn and rebellious people. In other translations, it says uh, that you are stiff-necked people. You are stiff-necked people. What it, and they're trying to display is anybody, and definitely in this time where they use donkeys for a lot of stuff, when a donkey is being rebellious, it stiffens its neck. It sits back and it holds tight and it doesn't want to move. That's the primary muscles that it's hardening up to be able to really stop that movement uh, and to rebel against its master and pulling him in the direction that it should go. You're being stiff-necked people. You're being resistant. You're being rebellious. You're being stubborn. Ultimately, in this, when I'm doing that, as I feel, if I stiffen my neck with my muscles and try to really pull back as if somebody's pulling me forward, not only am I stiffening my neck, but I'm stiffening my chest and I'm hardening my heart. I'm hardening my heart. That's ultimately what is going on and what God is saying is you people consistently want to harden your heart against me. 
after all that I do, after all that I've done, how quickly you forget. How quickly you harden your heart. And how quickly you want to worship a God of your own comfort. Why must you worship a God of your own comfort when I'm the God of freedom? When I'm the God of salvation? When I'm the God that pulled you out of Egypt? When I'm the God that set you apart among all other nations? You want to worship the God of comfort. God's hurt. God has his heart is hurt by the people and he's rightfully angry. But Moses, in a Christ like way, has continued to pray and intercede for the people for forgiveness, which is what ultimately is another picture and depiction of what Christ does for us every day. And he prays and oversees for us. He took that sin and he wiped it clean on that cross. He paid ultimate sacrifice to intercede on our behalf. Because whether we want to receive it or not, we are stiff-necked people. In some way, form, or fashion. In somewhere in our lives. And that's why he's saying... You stick in that people, you need to get going. You need to get moving. You need to follow the path that I have for you. And some of us on this call, some of us right now are probably thinking, wow, there is something that I'm procrastinating on. Because you don't know what the path lies ahead for you. And what God is calling you to do. You don't know all the steps. You don't know how it's going to go. You don't know if there's going to be too much pain. You're, You're worried about whatever it is that God has put on your heart to do. And you're just unsure of it. Maybe you're making excuses. I'm, I'm not old enough. I'm too young. I don't have the experience. Or I'm too old. I'm retired. Why should I be doing this? Or I'm middle-aged, I'm in my career, I'm comfortable where I'm at, I'm making good money, why should I extend myself right now? But God's saying, get going. And here, he's also saying, remove your jewelry and fine clothing while I decide what to do with you. This is actually an act of He's displaying a level of how to be repentant. All of that gold and jewelry, all of the fine clothes, all of those things are meant ultimately to make yourself look and feel good. It's a level of looking more inward at yourself than it is looking outward to God. And saying, look how pretty I am. I deserve this, right? How many times have we all heard that? You definitely hear that, or that voice comes to you when you're walking in the uh, halls at Target and you see something nice, right? Oh, I deserve this. <laughs> My wallet could afford it. I deserve this. God's saying remove all that. 
remove all that fine clothes and jewelry you were just wearing while celebrating some golden calf that you made. You know, we're going to get rid of all that. It's the same concept of not having um, leavened bread, like having unleavened bread during the feast is to get rid of pride, get rid of the idea of about yourself and be more uh, in tune with God. Get rid of all of the things that can distract your mind from me. This whole idea of separating things from yourself, dying to yourself, not being so self-absorbed in that you're focusing on God. Moses does this so well. He does this in an instant from coming down and seeing all this and dealing with all of this and praying back to God and having this conversation with him that he they didn't even set up the tabernacle yet, but his own personal tent which he makes the tent of meeting, he says, I'm taking it and I'm moving it away from the camp. This is what sin does in our lives is it creates separation. He moves the tent of meeting in which the cloud of God rests upon, as it talks about, that you would see the cloud of God resting over this tent and going to sit with Moses and chat they, he moves this instinctively, instantly, without even planning, just says, I'm moving it. I'm getting it away from these people, these stiff-necked, rebellious, stubborn people. I'm putting it at a distance. We must either separate ourselves from sin to get closer to God, or we let sin in our lives, which creates separation from God. It's one or the other. There really isn't no middle ground. Either we get closer to God and we do that by obedience and separating ourselves from whatever or anything or any people or whatever in our lives that brings us closer to sin. We must separate ourselves from that so we can get closer to God. Or we give into it. We give in to the God of comfort. We get in and give in to the God of self. We give in to the golden calf. And sin creates that separation for us from God. But where is your tent of meeting? Where is your special place that you meet with God? Where do you sit down and that separated yourself from all the other distractions of the world? Pastor Brennan's brought up how um, he admires his wife, Danielle, on how she even she separates. Not only does she go to a specific area to sit down and be with God in the morning, but she even removes the phone. She puts the phone in a, a whole nother room. I think it's even up in their bedroom like away, away to where even the vibration or the dings of her phone cannot even be heard or felt to where she is just so left with it's her and the Lord. And you get rid of the distractions of the world. You get rid of those things that want to call us away from the God of salvation. 
from the God of freedom. We look at these things as such a thing that we almost have to have nowadays. These phones, these devices, they keep us in, they, and they can be used for good for many, many things. We use them all the time. <laughs> if you've been at Fusion Church more than 15 minutes, you're probably already on five different group meetings <laughs> as how things kind of go. And we use so many different ways to plug in and connect and you can see soap and you can do so many other things. But how many apps on your phone how many different apps are not directing you towards God versus the ones that are? And it's almost a representation of the world. When I look up, I have like a, a chunk of, I separate all of my stuff. I'm doing in the boxes and I have all of the stuff that helps me with with staying connected with the body of Christ or it's the Bible app and, and all of those things are in one area, but everything else around it is just surrounding. It. It's just all the worldly stuff. It's the, it's everything else that surrounds all that few apps that get me closer to God. And I just see it as un, an unfortunate living condition that we all are in, whether you have a phone or not. There's so many more things that want to take us away from God than pull us closer. And so we have to be intentional on what we're doing. And we have to be intentional on making sure that we are separating ourselves. And we're going to our own tent of meeting. And we're sitting down and we speak with God as one speaks to a friend. As it says in verse 11, Moses, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. May that be the goal. May that be the intention. May that be something that we continually strive for in a daily practice to sit down and speak with God as one speaks to a friend. Not just any friend. This is true friendship. This is one that friends that you allow to speak in your life that can correct you, that can call you out on your stuff, that can also be there to celebrate when there's good times, to comfort you in the bad times, to correct you when you're on the wrong path, and to reassure you when you're on the right one. That's a real friend. One that's going to stick with you through it all and has your best interest in mind all the time. That should be our relationship with the Lord. And seeing that he always has our best interest in mind. As long as we're following his will, it's always whatever's meant for evil will be turned for good for those who love him. So today, I challenge us all to sit down and wherever our designated place is, maybe it's your car, maybe it's a separate area, maybe it's your favorite couch position in your house, maybe it's a desk you have, maybe maybe it's your coffee, your 
in your kitchen, your coffee table, wherever, wherever that designated place is. May we sit down with God. May we allow him to speak into our lives and instruct us and guide us and give us wisdom and discernment. Give us direction and give us the pat on the back so we can get going on the path that he has for us. This can only be done if we are speaking to him as one speaks to a friend. Let us separate ourselves from the sinful world so we can be closer to God. May we remove all the things from our lives that bring up too much pride so that we can be more devoted to the Lord. I know we didn't get through all of this today, but I felt like that was really a a huge part in just seeing where we need to be. Are we getting up and get going? Are we moving towards what God has for us in our lives? Or are we still so nervous, so scared, and so uncertain that it's got us circling wagons, circling the roundabout, and not taking the direction that he's shown us? May we just trust in him. That's all he's saying, just trust in me. I've got you. So today I pray that that be something we all take away that we all move forward with and that we sit down with him as one speaks to a friend. Let's pray. Lord, just thank you for, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, that he made it possible. He bridged the gap to where we don't, we don't have to rely on a Moses. We don't have to rely on a priest. We don't have to rely on a, a specifically chosen individual. But because of what your son Jesus has done, that we all individually get to have a relationship where we get to speak with you as one speaks to a friend. Lord, I just pray that you press on our hearts. Show us where we need to get up and get going. May our necks not be stiff. May our hearts be open to you. May we not be rebellious, but may we be obedient to your calling and to your word. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we pray all this in your precious son's name. Amen and amen. Everyone, I hope you all have a great day and a great time the rest of this week into this Sunday. We're going to have a great one as usual. Uh, We have so much other things going on. So. Um, The other thing I want to challenge you all, please share this, share the link to either the podcast or share the information on how to get on in the morning. Share this with others so that we can continue to grow and continue to disciple people in the ways of the Lord here on this in the morning. It's been such a great resource. Uh, Continue to share the love of God. Love you all. Take care and see you all next time.